Welcome to WDFG, Dear Final Girl Radio, the advice and horror podcast where life problems have an answer. Now here are your hosts, Lori and Tamara. Hello, Final Dear. Hello, Final Dear. How's it going? <laughs> I'm good. I guess I called you Final Dear. So I final like girl. that. Well, that is our Twitter handle. Yes, yes. The Dear Final Girl Twitter handle mm-hmm. is at Final Dear, which I think has a sweet little ring to it. Yeah, I, I mean like that, that was all a that was all Twitter's doing, right? Really, so that's okay. Can't get what you want. How may we humbly suggest this handle for you? <laughs> right, right, well, right, right. Okay, right. that's fine. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you know, Twitter is the way that you guys can send us your letters. Um, you can also, I don't know if that's where you're headed yeah, with this, no. um, <laughs> but um, you can DM us mm-hmm. at Final Deer. At Final Deer. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also email us at dearfinalgirl at gmail.com. Right. And, you know, we tend to talk about rather heavy subjects. Yes. Um, being being the Dear Abbeys of horror, the Oprahs of horror, mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. whoever we are. Um, and, uh, you know, we got, a, we got a, a letter that was rather on the light side. Yeah. And we decided <laughs> to just go for it. Yep. yep. <laughs> so. And actually, this is our second time going for yeah. it. Yeah. Which, you know, is... For the the historical and emotional weight that this movie carries, I oh, yes. think that you know dealing with it twice is ap- rather appropriate. I could not agree more. Um, the movie Just, and the 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 quality of the acting in this movie. Yes, and this movie being Troll 2. Okay. I guess because you're already listening to this and you've already downloaded the podcast, you know what it is. Yes. Um, we are talking about the film Troll 2, and the the second time around that Tamara is referring to is the fact that we lost the recording for our first we yeah. we lost we lost I have the first recording. One job. I, I sit it. here and talk, but my <laughs> like Lori and our friend Val um, do much of the social media stuff because I'm really much more of a voyeur as far <laughs> as social media is concerned. You like to watch. I like to watch. Um, but the uh, for some reason when we sat down and. Uh, taped Troll to, Troll Two the other day, which was after Horrible, before Horrible. We recorded it before Horrible. Before Horrible, but we were recording at uh, Lori's old place, and there was a ton of construction going on at the time. Like there was a whole bunch of oh, craziness going on. I bet that contributed for sure. And um, I kept looking at my computer and being like. The the um, sound lines, I don't know what you call these things on GarageBand, they are, like, the line is just flat across. And I just thought it was my computer being slow and not loading. <laughs> Turns out, no, it was the um, audio just not recording. 
So. Yeah, so who knew that we would be revisiting Troll 2 <laughs> a second time? Right. So I don't know how we're ever going to recapture the magic of that first <laughs> that first attempt to record this episode, but we're going to we're going to try. We're going to try. And so why you may be asking if there are listeners in the world, did we mm-hmm. pick Troll 2 for a Dear Final Girl That's episode? A really good question. Well, you know, without without further ado, I, I can read the, yeah, please uh, the do. message that prompted it. So this is from our good friend of the show and our good friend in general, Justin, known on Twitter as at steady underscore machete, wrote to us and asked, Dear Final Girl... I like Troll 2 as a film a lot, but I am afraid to tell my friends because they'll make fun of me. What do I do? Sincerely, Nilbog. And we will get into <laughs> yeah. why he signed this Nilbog. Nilbog. So, so I, I, uh, I, I want to recognize that although the letter was from Justin, that I feel like um, his BFF... Um, known as, as Raymond, uh, on Twitter, um, uh, would, would probably, uh, probably have the same question, Mm -hmm. uh, as well. Um, and, um, together I want to put in a plug that, that Justin, um, Justin and Raymond, really his real name is Brian. Hopefully I'm not saying anything I shouldn't say, but that Justin and Brian are also the Barbarian Brothers on Twitter. You can find them at BDE Barbarians. Um, Great account, lots of fun. But we got this quote-unquote letter and thought, you know what, let's go for it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's talk peer pressure let's control too let's just yeah. let's just do this well thing. and also you know we've had a couple of really well heavy movies this was mm-hmm. right on the heels of midsomar which yes. was real heavy yeah um, and we're actually recording this episode right after we recorded our pet cemetery episode right. which was also quite heavy <laughs> yes yeah uh, my husband was like can you just tell Lori that the the movies with uh, children dying oh. are just really like not cool? And I was like, yes. Although, like, I'm also to blame for this. Like, <laughs> how <laughs> I, are you to blame? How are you to blame? Well, because for this? I I could say no. I could say no. I can't watch that. You but could. I, but no. I think that there is something about. You know, just biting the bullet and watching the things that scare you. You right. know, I mean, isn't that, isn't that why we watch Troll Two? I mean, it's scary in a different way. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's downright terrifying in a different way. Right. Like, did these people actually go pay for acting lessons? Turns um, out they did not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not, a, not a shocker there. Yeah. Or maybe they did, but they were. Um, somewhere on IMDb, which I'm about to read the plot summary, um, it says that everyone who was cast for the film showed up to um, try out as an extra, and then they were cast in a lead role. I had forgotten that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And this is the product that you get (laughs) when that happens. Quality. Quality. When you come here, you get quality. (laughs) All right. So let's do a quick synopsis. Okay. Um, Starts out with 
Joshua, um, little boy who is um, being contacted by his dead grandfather, uh, Seth, Grandpa Seth. And so the movie opens with Grandpa Seth telling Joshua these stories of these goblins. Mm -hmm. uh, saying how that uh, the goblins... Uh, force or trick the humans into eating uh, this special food that looks delicious. Well, it looks, it's supposed to look delicious, but really it's just like a English muffin with icing on it. It's really gross. <laughs> Which sounds disgusting. <laughs> right. Um, mm, sounds like a, like, British dessert. It's like a British <laughs> delicacy. Um, and then, so when you eat the goblin's food, it turns you into a vegetable like a like a tree or some sort of like living vegetable, some right? Plant matter, plant based. Right. <laughs> you are a plant based. Yeah, it's impossible, matter. children. Um, <laughs> and then the goblins would eat you. Um, so, meanwhile, Holly, who is Joshua's sister, is going through this deal with her boyfriend where her parents don't like him, and she, of course, that makes her love him more. Of course. And uh, she's... Uh, oh, the whole family's supposed to go out to this country house. Right, because it's always been the father's dream to like live the country life, to just experience what it is like. Right. To live as a as a farmer for a short period of time. Right. So they're this doing like, like yeah. a, a farm to city exchange. Yes. Yes. With this family in Nilbog, um, which is out in the country. And so um, Holly's like, well, boyfriend, if you really loved me, you would come with me. Um, and he, he says, okay, you know. I'll, I'll come meet you as your family leaves. And she says, but only if you don't bring your friends. Because your, your, my dad says that you care about your friends more than you care about me. Um, okay, so the whole family gets in the car to go out to the country. Holly's all upset because Elliot, the boyfriend, never shows up. Um, Joshua is pretty creeped out by ghost grandpa's stories. Um... They finally make it out there, and <laughs> along the way, Joshua sees Grandpa Seth as a hitchhiker, and like oh forces gosh, everybody yes. to pull over. And Grandpa Seth is like, "Go back, don't do it," you know. Uh, you know, always, you know, you've got the messenger in these yeah, films the that's warning. trying to tell you, yeah. trying to tell you. Um. So then, so, sort of at the same time. Elliot and his, we see Elliot and his friends in an RV. And they are actually on their way to, to go <laughs> right. with Holly. She doesn't know this because right. they ran late, but they are actually going so that they can meet her. They right. can be with her there in Nilbog. Right. So. Um, and, uh, I don't, there's I don't. no food. They get there and there's. There's very little the there's very little food. The only food is of course provided by the people of Nilbog. Right. And we So yeah, as everyone gets to the town, they all realize that they hadn't brought any food and they're all so hungry. Mm -hmm. So the family 
uh, is in the house and they um, are presented with this beautiful table full of food that Joshua recognizes as being the goblin food. And Grandpa Seth actually comes to the window and is like, you got to stop him. Yep. And then he says, I'll give you 30 seconds. <laughs> and he freezes time. And so Josh pees on all the food. So that they won't eat it because the food is what the food is what is gonna turn everybody into food for the goblins. Right. And so then of course Josh gets uh punished and Dad's Dad says I'm gonna tighten my belt because that's what you do when <laughs> you're hungry. And it's like when he's when he's punishing you think, you know, because he's like, you know, how are, you know, don't punish me, you know, don't punish me for what I did, like, and the dad's starting to take off the belt, and it's, of course, obviously you think, okay, he's about to get yeah. whipped with a belt, but then it goes into this, no, I'm having to tighten my belt, because thanks to you, we have no food, and this is how, this is how we have to deal with it. Oh, my God, that was one of the funniest, that was one of the biggest WTFs in this movie. Yeah, it, like, you know, there's... A couple of times in the movie where things get a little preachy, but that was like the most overtly preachy part. Yeah. So anyways, um, Elliot's friends also wake up in Nilbog and they are hungry. So one friend goes away and meets the queen of the goblins uh, and she turns him into a living plant. <laughs> <laughs> Another one goes away, happens to find this woman being pursued by goblins, or girl, I guess, teenage girl being pursued by goblins. She is very attractive. No explanation of where she comes from or where she goes to after that. I no, guess she gets kind of randomly the... running for her life. Right. Because, you, you know, that's, it's a horror film. You have to have a female in distress. That's like the rule. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah I forgot about that. <laughs> so. Uh, as the course of the story goes on, you know, Josh keeps having to save his family from turning into the vegetable matter. Um, and Elliot's friends all keep getting eaten by the goblins. Right, because, the, you know, the truth is slowly revealed. I mean, they the, the goblins and Nilbog appear as human. Right. But at some point in the film, or maybe even various points in the film, you, you, you know, the ma the quote unquote mask is uh -huh. off and you see the, right. they're, they're not humans. They're really goblins and, and they're Josh here to finds, eat you. <laughs> yeah. And Josh finds out at one point, like he is riding a skateboard through the town and then he hears some people in a warehouse and so he goes to investigate and sees the preacher preaching the evils of meat and the evils of people who eat meat and then eventually he gets captured by the Nilbogians um, <laughs> so oh then uh, Michael walks in and is like why do you have my kid like, let me take him home. And then the Nilbogians throw them a party to make up for the misunderstanding in which they provide a bunch of food. Uh, Josh lights the... Um, 
lights the uh, minister on fire at some point. <laughs> I'd forgotten that. Uh, so the way that it all sorts of it sort of ends up is Josh ends up at the Queen of the Goblins lair, mm-hmm. which is in a former church where she has some of the stones from Stonehenge that have, you know, great power or whatever. And so Grandpa Seth then shows up and says, you know, you're going to be able to defeat the goblins. You got to put your hands on the stone and hope or something. I don't... (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even... Uh, you know, you believing in you know, believe in yourself. Yeah, you've just got, focus. Yeah, right? you've got the power to do this. But he also <laughs> you have the power. He you also gives him a bag and says, "Don't open this unless you're in mortal danger." This is from IMDb. Um, so then the goblins are like, "Uh, you know, um, we've got you. Come in and get Josh and his whole family, whatever." Josh eventually defeats the goblins by eating a bologna sandwich in front of them. Yes, because meat is so repulsive <laughs> that they die. That they die. And I mean, I you know, I kind of get it with bologna. I kind of, I kind of get it. If somebody, <laughs> I would say at this point in my life, if someone ate a bologna sandwich in front of me, I might die. I might uh, die. I might uh, just think of that. That film, Hell. you know the film, the greasy film of the baloney. Mm-hmm. You could feel mm-hmm. it on the roof of your mouth. Yep. It would just be cut. Your mouth would become delicious. like Teflon. <laughs> now, do you have- listen? You're talking to a woman who hasn't had uh, cold cuts in five months, <laughs> so I would turn somebody into. An impossible burger to get my hands on a fucking sandwich. I I, I feel you. I feel you. Um. I, I empathize. <laughs> uh, so the twist in the end, the family and Elliot. The boyfriend. Yeah. The boyfriend make it back to the house. To their to their tank to the city, they're able to, to right. escape and get back to the city. Girlfriend goes home with Elliot, and she's like, "I'm gonna stay with you guys for a while." And the family's fine with it. Dad's like, "I'm gonna go back to work for a while." <laughs> like, okay. So then it's just mom and Josh in the house, and Joshua goes upstairs because he's tired. He and there's food in the house beautiful bowl of apples left in the fridge and mom eats an apple and turns out the apple is goblin food Mm. that the goblin family left and then everybody's eaten by goblins is what we can assume yeah because mom you know this is one of those horror films that happens occasionally where well it probably happens well let me back up (laughs) <laughs> Almost every film, horror film, has like kind of the two endings. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're like, and and we're we're smart enough now. We know, yeah, we know everybody's not okay. We right. know this is not the end of the movie. Right. But occasionally, they will carry that so far up to the end 
of what feels like the end of the film, uh-huh. that when they do pull that, like, oh, wait, everything is not okay, it can end up being a bit of, a, it can end up being a genuine shock. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the case for this film. It's like, all of a sudden, at the very end, like, the mom is killed. Right, and it, I think what gets it is that... Which I never liked her anyway, so oh, that's another no, matter. No. <laughs> I think that what get what gets you on this, or what gets me on this, is that the... Uh, so much of the film is so clunkily done and that it's like they spent all of their mental energy on just getting that turn at the end right. Maybe so. And the rest of the film they were like, well, we can't really invest in this. (laughs) Maybe so. And there were some, you know, there were a few places where you know, the special effects were actually kind of choice. And yeah. whenever you see, it, it's the same kind of principle, whenever you see a movie like this, and there's like that, that they've muddled the special effects or done the best they could for like nine of the ten scenes. And then there's that one, and you're like, ah, that's where the budget dollars are. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's the money shot right uh-huh. there. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody paid big for that silicone mask on the on the exploding head or whatever. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So because the nature of the letter was is peer pressure, like, hey, you know, I am afraid to tell my friends that I of course he, he wrote it tongue in cheek. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I am afraid to tell my friends, you know, that I really like Troll too and what should I do? So, you know, we kind of start out with this whole concept of, like, friends don't let friends watch Troll 2. Yeah. So we started thinking about, well, how how do the themes of peer pressure show up in the film? Oh, goodness. Um, okay, the first big one for me, I, we're going to broadly define peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Just any kind of, like, hey, you've got people close to you, they're... they're their opinions are different, which is good. You know, this is a good thing in yeah. life, people. We want to celebrate independent thinking. <laughs> right. Diversity um, of thought. But the, but the pressure that can come from opposing, you know, opposing right. views. Right. So the first one for me is like, you know, Josh is the only one who can still <laughs> see Grandpa Seth. Right. And he's talking about him like he's, you know, kind of, he knows he's dead, but he's talking about him. He's like, yeah, he's right there. And the mother is, is you know, disturbed that her son can still see Grandpa. Right. And she encourages him to banish Grandpa <sighs> Seth from your mind. He's dead and gone. <laughs> which is just a lovely way to cope with loss. You know, yeah. banish all memory of your dear, sweet Grandpa forever and never think or speak of him again. Well, and she even says, he's <laughs> my father and I don't think about him at all. Oh, my God. Like, what? Okay, okay. He's my father, so I get to determine how everybody else should be dealing with his loss. He belongs to me. Right. Oh, goodness. Um, (laughs) Just, um, yeah, so I think the parents in themselves sort of have, uh, you know, the dad hates Elliot, the boyfriend, Holly's boyfriend, because he hangs out with his friends too much. And yet the dad himself uh, is sort of a um, microcosm of society's pressure. Like, that, especially 
when was this made? Like 92, something like that? Uh, 1990. 1990, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, that sort of backlash to the um, hardworking, cocaine-driven, like, 80s yuppie culture Mm, where like dad's like I've always wanted to live in the country and you know so we're gonna do this exchange and so he's at the same time that he's like Elliot's a ding dong because he will only listen to his friends and he spends too much time with his friends he is being his like outlook on life is being totally manipulated by these outside ideas as Mm -hmm. well like this guy would not survive in the country oh the dad yeah oh my god yeah no you know goblins are no goblins he's just he's not cut out for it yeah and even the and not just because he refuses to beat his kid (laughs) right titans tightening tightening his belt instead but yeah the dad is just kind of a dope the parents are non-supportive in general. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I do have to kind of think, well, like, if I was a parent and my child was, my child was saying, like, yes, I can still see Grandpa Seth, and um, we talk, and he's warning us. I mean, yeah, I don't think as a parent, the fir- my first inclination is to be like, I, be- I believe you instantly right now, <laughs> right. everything that you are saying. Yeah. We're, we have the advantage as viewers of film you because it's a horror film or a horror comedy uh-huh. or a family fun adventure or however it's described uh, troll 2 is described on IMDb this family comedy adventure yeah family comedy adventure um you know you as a viewer because of you know the kind of film you're watching you're automatically invested you can be anyway in whatever the viewpoint Uh, of the character is who is trying to tell the others, no, wait, hey, I think something's bad and wrong here. You know, you're in a state of automatic, often automatic belief and alignment Uh uh um, with with that character. Because you know you're supposed to be. You know that that's the construct. You know that you're, you're supposed to be. And sometimes what's really fun, it doesn't happen in this film, so I don't know why I'm talking about it, but when the filmmaker uses that against you mm-hmm. like the warn the person who's giving the warnings turns i can't think of an example off the top of my head but i know it happens i can't either i cannot i, uh, I like literally can't think of one if you can think of one <laughs> let us know <laughs> i literally can't uh, think of one right now final deer on twitter um so yeah the whole the the now this is like kind of a twist on peer pressure but uh, I think I think um, peer pressure. What it aligns with is this belief, this idea that we we need to believe certain things, uh-huh. or we get ideas in our head, uh-huh. and we we may not even know why we get them, but we we feel like we just we need to follow them or explore right. them. So again, you know, the example is this this idea that the dad is just I've just always wanted to. You know, live in the country and, and, and work on a farm. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you have an... I do have a thing. I, like, I wonder if this... and You know, we kind of talked about this when we did this the last time around. But I wonder if this isn't supposed to be a 
cautionary tale about the evils of peer pressure when it comes to vegetarianism. Well, that is definitely another theme to explore because I think we would all agree. I think most of us would agree that we we live in more sensitive times, boys and girls. And uh, there seems to be a lot more backlash about... There seems to be backlash um, against the most... Innocu- at times the most innocuous yeah. of opinions. Yeah, people are canceled for <laughs> lots of reasons. So, but, um, and, you know, I, I mean, I think the thing that struck me about this film is, like, I'm trying to think, like, what was going on, like, socially, culturally in 1990 that this whole vegetarianism versus meat-eating became the theme of, like, a low-budget horror film right what was there something that happened socially culturally that put the issue kind of more in the spotlight because i would say it's how how long would you say like in our current times when did vegetarianism start to get more mainstream what at least 10 years oh yeah 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 um i mean i think that the like you have to remember, though, that this was filmed in California. Okay. And that the the writers of the film probably lived in California. And so all of, like, California with the hippie culture and the vegetarianism and all of that sort of stuff and then, has been existing for a long time. Yeah, and they're generally on the late leading edge with things like environmentalism, mm-hmm. more political, more more liberal political right you know sort of leaning yeah progressive things. yeah progressive thank you progressive um but you know they uh, one of the um uh, citizens of nilbog when arnold comes in to no that's not arnold one of the guys one of the friends one of the, the friends Elliot's buddies yeah um, who gets picked up by Sheriff Gene Freak. <laughs> We're hospitable, Ooh, especially... Gene Freak. I never thought about, oh, like, genetic. Gene Freak. Like, genetic Freak. Ooh, never thought about Ooh. that before. Um, moment. Yeah, because I was distracted by the don't ever talk to police. Like, just don't talk to the police. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, but then one of the townspeople... Uh, he asked one of the townspeople, do you have any coffee? He's like, no, coffee? That's the devil's drink. Okay, do you have any eggs? Any bacons? No, we're vegetarians. Don't you know, you know, Nilbog, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he gives them free milk. Right. Ugh. So they're not vegans. We talked about this last right. time. Right, not, not vegans. Just, yeah, good, yeah. just plain old garden variety yeah. vegetarians who are somehow so committed to their vegetarianism that they need to convert humans into plants can't you just go to the grocery store and like buy fixings for a salad like or is the idea that not only are you vegetarians you also well you're 
fucking goblins. So humans are evil, and they need to be right. destroyed anyway. And the way to destroy them just happens to... We, we found a way that fits in with the fact that we also just eat plants. And I guess I was thinking <laughs> that they... No, they just destroy the humans. They just eat them, and they're gone. It's not like they are turning the humans into more goblins. Right. Yeah, they're just I wonder just how like, the goblins procreate. That is a really good... And I mean, wouldn't you get to a point where, like, if if you could actually achieve your end, which is to destroy all human life, then you would extinguish your own food source. Right. But, you know, that, that takes a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they could keep some... Well, see, here's the problem, too. Like, if, if the food source is humans and they are vegetarians, I wonder if it's a... Um, like a, a physical issue, like, oh, maybe they're allergic to meat, oh. whereas like, because if they were to keep some of that food source around and sort of like raise humans as cattle, oh, then... they can breed them and ensure that they're right, right. It, it's got to be not a like moral issue with eating meat yeah but we've but, gone so far off track well but not hey here's how i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it back oh I'm good bring it back. Uh, because <laughs> if if you were watching this for the first time and you you hadn't yet made up your mind uh, maybe you'd been thinking about becoming a vegetarian right. <laughs> um uh, uh, maybe this film would would influence you to make that switch because in the scene where the preacher is giving a sermon on the evils of meat, <laughs> he um, recounts and he describes in great detail the health problems that meat causes. Uh-huh. Uh, those being smelly bladders, <laughs> causing clusters of hemorrhoids, <laughs> and viscous, stinky excrement. So I mean, he's not wrong, but he's not. But you know, meat is good. Meat yeah. tastes good. Tastes I'm sorry. I am gonna. I am an unapologetic. No, I uh... meat eater. Now I, I. 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 I'm not an unapologetic. An unapologetic meat eater <laughs> because I realize the issue. I realize why people choose to be vegetarians. Yeah. I just don't think I can do it because I enjoy eating meat. Right. Sorry, yeah. everybody. Yeah, and Impossible Burgers don't really <laughs> taste like meat. I haven't had one yet. Uh, they have them at Kroger. No, wait. Is no. that why they? Is that why Burger King is calling it the Impossible Whopper? Are they? Is like is that word Impossible out oh, there no. already? So Impossible is like the brand that makes it. I think they oh. have Beyond Burgers and Beyond Meat at Kroger. Okay. Um, there was. It's a little strangely flavored though okay i haven't tried i have not tried those yet so there are a couple random things i want to mention and then i wanted to talk um as we close about peer pressure peer pressure associated with being a horror fan okay yeah so the random things two random things i want to mention 
um, is the reason that Justin signed his letter Nilbog. And the reason the town is called Nilbog is because that is goblin spelled backwards. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. The truth was in front of your face the whole time. Right. You know? <laughs> hiding in I'll, plain sight, as they say. Hiding behind the name Troll 2. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just a, they never say the word troll. <laughs> no, never. Not once so right. in the movie do they you're say so the right. word troll. And the other random thing is this was a great observation from Justin because actually Justin and Robin, his lovely wife, uh-huh. who is has just an amazing nurturing and supporting presence on Twitter, um, one of my one of my closest friends at this point. Um, we watch we watched it together. Oh, we live okay. watched it and okay. we were texting one another. And just, you know, just totally, totally ragging on uh-huh. the bad acting and everything. As you should, yeah. And Justin said that when he saw this when he was a kid, and that it was, the, the for him, the bad acting increased his sense of dread. Oh, okay. Because it creates this feeling of like, th- this is just off. Like, something's not right mm-hmm. here. And I could see that landing that way if you watch it as a kid. Right. Because you don't have the adult sensibility of like, oh my God, like this acting is so bad. You might not, he clearly didn't maybe think about it that way. It was like, it was just like, wow, something's something's wrong here. Uh Something is wrong with these people and this situation. And I thought that (laughs) that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a really good call out. Because I, yeah, at, at the point where you watch it as an adult, you're like, Oh God, this is so cheesy, <laughs> and the cheesiness tends to be distracting. Yes, because you you can recognize it as that. Whereas, I guess for a kid, it's just off. Yeah, like and contributes to the sense of a warped world. Uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. Um, do you have any more randoms to share before? Um, I love Credence. Credence is the queen of the goblins. She is amazing. She she just has this, like, she is definitely overacting, right? But the aesthetic that Credence puts out is really just fantastic. I think the round glasses and the long flowing black with the lace around the neck oh, uh, yeah. dresses. Also... I thoroughly enjoyed when she seduced the last of Elliot's friends with in the RV with a corn cob. Oh my gosh. Which is like one of the most sexualized corn cob scenes I've ever seen. I think Maybe it might be the, the only. only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was wonderful. So she goes to the RV, you know, disguised as a you know, uh, seductor. You know, she changes her form. Right. I mean, I, I'm with you. I think she's badass and cool. Uh, but she does she does some shape-shifting. Uh-huh. And uh, I guess, you know, the corn cob is part of their mating ritual. Well, she has to get them to eat the food. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's why. And then, of course, because movies love to symbolize... 
the um, orgasm. The human orgasm. Uh, there is an explosion of popcorn within the trailer. <laughs> and he's like, no, no more popcorn. No more. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, that was, that was great. So great. That was great. Um, okay, so... I'm thinking we could close. Yeah, we probably could. With this topic, just very briefly. Mm-hmm. Peer pressure is associated with being a horror fan. Uh-huh. I think that if you saw the latest action-adventure movie, if you saw the latest, you know, the Marvel comic universe, uh-huh. or a rom-com or whatever, you loved it. Go back to the office Monday morning. No qualms at all mm-hmm. about telling your friends mm-hmm. about it. With horror, I think it's it's different. Right. I think that horror has um, a stigma attached to it. Um, I think that, um, you know, with social media, I mean, hope, horror community is just much more open. Right. You find your tribe. You share the movies you love. You can get into talking about the most esoteric details about those about those films, like just get into some, you know, really some <laughs> detailed discussions, and we're all like in this safe space with one another and openly sharing our love of horror. Um, but I have only recently, I mean, I'd say like within the past year, I have started openly talking about how much I love horror films at work. Uh-huh. Generally, only with people that I, you know, really right, people right, I'm right. going to talk to, you know, that I people that I know and trust more. I think most people on the team know that I love horror films, mm-hmm. and they always think it's so weird. Like, oh, you're so nice and sweet. I'm like, well, number one, like you don't know, you don't know me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you clearly don't know all about me. Yeah, but it's just like it's something that I have started to share more openly. Because it's a big part of who I am. Yeah. Be proud. I am. I'm a proud proud. horror fan. Well, and I think that, um, like, I was really excited, and I haven't seen the movie yet, but I was really excited that uh, Parasite won an Academy Award. That's amazing. um, For so many reasons, but also because it is a a horror film, or at least a suspense film, I don't know. Right, but those t- types of movies yeah. never even tend to get nominated. I mean, right. your horror is kind of seen as like the garbage bin of right. a film. I right. think it. I think a lot of people still. Yeah, it's considered lowbrow. It's lowbrow. Um, yeah. Where, like, I mean, I think that's why uh, Joe Bob, as a character, gets so much traction, is because he can really. Um, Embrace that sort of lowbrow uh, mentality or um, aesthetic, and, and and that was the drive behind the the drive-in. Yeah, the ah! drive behind the drive-in. Thank you, Tamra. Yeah, is that welcome. there's got to be a place, and so this was like in the before he was ever on television. Right, you know, he was writing articles, I think, for the Dallas Times Herald. Had Dallas a Times Herald classified. Sorry. I used to live in Dallas when I was a kid, and so they had a radio jingle. Oh, my God. I love it. I, mean, yeah. I want to make that my ringtone. <laughs> we could probably find it. Anyways, we probably could. But he wanted there to be a place for these for these exploitation, low-budget, mm-hmm. B-grade movies 
to get discussed and appreciated. Right. And he, he has helped he has helped build that so much. Yeah. So so I think a good close is while we we started out uh, we started out the episode um, saying that you know friends don't let friends watch Troll Two, but really friends don't let friends watch Troll Two alone. alone. Yeah. And uh, I think with be that, supportive of one another. That's right. That's right. Lift one another up yeah. in your Troll Two fanness. Be proud together. That is right. <laughs> <laughs> Keep watching scary movies. Keep listening to Dear Final Girl. Please and, yeah. send us letters. Send us letters, <laughs> and we will catch you guys next time. See you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, final girls, final boys, and final non-binaries. Tamara and I are honored to be your dear Abbies of horror. But that's all we are, people struggling just like you. We're not professionals. If you're in crisis, please reach out. We like to pr promote the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at suicidepreventionlifeline.org, phone number 1-800-273-8255. There's an online chat, and they're even on Twitter. Their profile is The Lifeline, and the handle is at 800-273-TALK. The Lifeline isn't just for life-threatening situations. It's free and confidential support for anyone who needs it at any time for any reason. Just know you're not alone. Tam and I wouldn't be doing this podcast if we hadn't been there, too. Take care.